And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's fantastic, phenomenal, always fun, usually somewhat fascinating Friday as we head into the weekend, not being afraid even if the earth gives way or the mountains fall into the seas because our help comes from the Lord. First, as we often do on the David Spoon Experience, we're going to try something new. <laughs> what do you think of that? This is a good idea, right? Do we ever do everything normal? We're not really a normal people, are we? Never. Okay, good. I came across a sermon. Listen to this. This is not a joke. I wrote approximately 33 years ago. I have 33 years and two months, to be exact. The title of the sermon is called Beating Down the Little Foxes. What this has to do with is the little sins. So in the, in the past, I've talked about our Goliaths, our besetting sins. That's what we consider the Goliath sins. These encouragements will examine the little ones that cut us at the ankle and spoil the vine. Ooh, that's Song of Solomon 2.15. Uh, one of the most fascinating elements in this show will be our examination of the progression of sin. We need to understand what sin is and... What sin is not? Did you get that line? We need to understand that sin attacks us in stages. We need to understand there's also a personification or a personalization of sin. We get that from Genesis when God tells Cain that sin itself desires to have him. It's like a consuming energy, its own little death force. And finally, in dealing with these little foxes, we examine a couple of strategies that will help us push past. The first strategy has to do with staying power. What's it based on? Where do we find our staying power? The second element has to do with who starts and finishes our salvation. You guys should get that one. And the third element has to do with what our response and responsibility is in this process. We need to be active and fighting against the things that make us cloudy with the Lord. This isn't for God's benefit, benefit, but for ours. This has to do with living in freedom. So let's be free. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Nice. Nice to prevail. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Just remember, politics, poly is many, ticks, blood-sucking insects. Personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oy vey, oy vey, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us live during the show, 214 210 8483. 
That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. And when you make that phone call, you'll end up talking to Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right because you are talking to kid a Dynamite. All right, now there's only a handful of people that are going to get this uh, little comment that I'm about to give Dynamite D. And Dynamite D won't get it either, okay? But when you talk to Dynamite D, it's like feeling groovy. Sounds old school. (laughs) Just a little bit, brother. Just a little bit. Feeling groovy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's great. You just it's it's a it's a compliment. When they're talking to you, they're feeling groovy. I'll just leave that there. Hey, here's the bottom line. Bottom line is maybe you've got a question, a comment, a thought, maybe you've got uh, something you want to share an opinion. Great. Here's the the situation what we're doing here. What we're trying to do is just create an atmosphere where we encourage one another, bless one another, strengthen one another, empower one another, help one another. So if you got something you want to share, maybe the Lord's doing something in your life. And you're like, wow, i got to share this great opportunity to do it. Let's hear it. You don't have to be a brilliant sharer to share. If you've got something that you need prayer for, let's pray. We combine our faith. If you have two people, agree upon anything, it shall be done. How about if you have 200 people? What if you have 2,000 people? What if you have 20,000 people? Then let's combine our faith and bring that extra faith together and pray together to help one another. We also do this weird thing, by the way, Bible trivia. Don't know if you know that or not. Here's your first Bible trivia question for this segment. According to Isaiah 61, the Spirit of God, so you already know this is in Isaiah 61. According to Isaiah 61, the Spirit of God was on the prophet to preach the good news to who? To preach the good news to the who? If you think you know that answer, you can reach out to us by calling 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 as well. You can send an email, david at he must org. Okay, so these are the opportunities for you to respond. I do want people to remember uh, we're going to pray for people right now. So open it up with some some prayer for people for physical and emotional struggling right now. And uh, but I do want you to be aware of the two important items. One, we have a trivia question which says, according to Isaiah 61, according to Isaiah 61. The Spirit of God was on the prophet to preach good news to the who? Okay. That's the good news. The first, you've got the first line in that. Okay. Get to that. Read it. Make sure you know what it says. That's number one. Number two, don't forget that when you talk to Dynamite D, it's feeling groovy. Da, 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 da. Okay. <laughs> Can't remember if that's the Partridge family or the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Dude, it's either the Partridge family or the Brady. Sound very soul trainish. Uh, yes, very, very soul trainish. That's a great way to say that. Nice, that's nice work, brother. That's right, folks. It's a it's a, a show of just uniqueness, and you might as well have a, a good time with it. Uh, we do have somebody that's going to call and answer a trivia question. Let's get on that. Let's send them through. Knock knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? 
This is Gary. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good, Gary. How are you feeling? Well, okay, I guess. Well, I'm gonna. When we're done, I want to pray. I was gonna pray for people physically as well as emotionally. So I'd like you to hang on if you could, so I can pray over you if that's okay. Okay. All right. All well, right. Let, let's do this first, though. Uh, and by the way, uh, Dynamite D does not know what that means. Feeling groovy. Anyway, <laughs> no, it's Please, not it sounds like it means feeling good. Is that not yeah, good? That, okay. that, that's a good way to say it. All right, according to Isaiah 61, the Spirit of God was on the prophet to preach good news to who? To the meek. To the meek. And what's another? Is there another translation that's there? Do we well, know? that's the King James Version. That's all right. You know what? I'm gonna we're gonna give that because that is it. Another translation is going to say the poor, to preach the, the, the gospel to the poor. We're going to stick with the King James one, the meek. Anything that fits in your translation, that's going to work. So I, I the book had the poor. So I, just, I just went with that. So, uh, But that's good. See, that's what you need. And you think different translations, like, that's fine. The God, I love what Al said. Al had the best answer. Preach the gospel to all. That's what we really need. All right, brother, let me pray for you if that's okay. Okay. Let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. We lift up our brother Gary. Love him. We just we just appreciate him. And we are asking you to physically touch his body and bring healing into his body. Now, I was the, the fool, Lord, that said hey, he's not going to run a marathon. Hey, Lord, let him run a marathon. Let him do whatever. Because your power is greater than our insight, than our understanding. And we ask you to pour yourself out upon him and bring healing into his life. And we ask you to pour yourself out upon the people amongst us that need healing, like Easton and Roslyn and different people, GT, and all these people that are a part of us. We are asking for your graciousness to fill them, to touch their body, to give them a spark, a strength, a renewing. And for the people that are struggling emotionally that need some healing, Lord, to, to them you would speak calm and peace and grace. We can't do any of this without you. Not even going to try. But we can do all of this through you. And so we ask you to help us in this process. Bless my brother Gary. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you, brother. Love you in the Lord, and I know you'll be praying for us, and we'll be keep praying for you, okay? Okay. Well, God bless you. All right. Talk to you. Bye-bye. All right. So, you see, different translations do have a different thing. So I don't know. We'll have a couple of things. You know, you the poor, the brokenhearted. You know, it's like that's kind of what we're, we're talking about. But you know what? The gospel's got to go to everybody. That is a good answer. Even though, even though it's not the one that specifically fits, the gospel's got to go to all. Right? Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Got to get into this teaching. Do not get upset. This is not going to be the simplest teaching you've ever heard. Remember, this sermon is 33 years old. So that's old, right? Okay. All right, here we go. Get ready. Here we go. Ready? Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 23. Now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, hearsays, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Wow! If you're looking at your Bible in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, you just went, What? And listen to what is said. 
of which I tell you beforehand, just as I have told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The first thing we need to understand is that if we're practicing these things, and this is not the same as having a one-time, but this is somebody that's living in a lifestyle, living a, a life of. The works of the flesh are evident when we have adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, envying, hearsay, drunkenness, all of these things, these things disconnect us from the kingdom of God. And anybody who practices these things is cut, and I mean practice, as in you know what practice is, practicing these things, does these things on a regular basis, habitually does these things, you're cutting themselves out at the, from the kingdom. They're cutting, we're cutting ourselves away from the kingdom when we're doing this stuff. And one of the visions that we do have, one of the desires that we do have as a ministry is to break down the barriers that separate us and God. Will this separate you for eternity? Most likely, it's got nothing to do with that. Most likely, what it has to do with is you allowing pollution into your Christian life and thereby making things dirty and muddy. Is God able to save you? Yes. But do you have a responsibility in that salvation to participate and offer yourself as an instrument of righteousness? Yes. And the idea behind this is that if you practice these things, that's bad. How bad is it? It's bad because this is where we use the idea of the little foxes. These things, these things that we might think, oh, it's not that big a deal. Oh, it's not that big a deal. It's just a little thing, right? Solomon 2.15 talks about the, the, the little foxes spoiling the vine. And when you think, oh, it's not that big a deal. It's just a little thing. It's not that. God won't get that mad. Da, 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 da. When you practice that attitude and that spirit, you disappoint the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. How about this? We grieve the Holy Spirit when we do this. Now, you know what it means to grieve? It means to make sad. We make God sad when we practice these things. I don't want to make God sad. I'm, I'm just trying to spend my life trying to honor him. I got to do a better job. I got to understand this better. And see, this is not... The besetting sin. And I know, I know you're like sitting there saying, well, what's the big difference? I'll tell you what the difference is between these little foxes and the besetting sins. Ready? When I say the besetting sin, you know, the one that sets you aside, the one that comes up in your mind, that's your besetting sin. The one you went, oh, yeah, that one. That you think nobody knows about, but God knows. All right? He knows. He loves you. He still chose you. Knows you go, you go through that process. But these ones are the ones that you think, eh, not that big a deal. Not that big a deal. Death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, that's a big deal, right? We'll take our break, and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go back. 
What is the David Spoon experience? When Joshua was trying to figure out, you know, the Lord and his decision for the Lord, and he, he was doing pretty good and had good training, uh, uh, he made a decision to, to follow the Lord. Then he made a decision that he wanted to really commit to devotions. I told him I was proud of him for that. That's his own decision. He has to make that call. Nobody can choose that. You know, I was listening to something the other day, and this is one of the most bizarre statements. You're never going to hear a more bizarre statement. I hope this gets on the radio. You know, you can be born and raised Jewish. You can be born and raised Italian. You can be born and raised in many different things, but you can't be born a Christian. Can't do it. Because you have to make a decision for Jesus Christ. There's no being born a Christian. That doesn't work. That's a lie. You have to make a choice, an individual choice. Your 15 generations of your family could be Christians. When you're born, that does not make you a Christian. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's when you become a Christian. You understand that difference? It was just something that dawned on me. Like, you know, people don't talk that way. Well, he was born in a Christian family. That doesn't mean he's a Christian. Plenty of murderers came out of Christian families. That doesn't mean a thing. That's nothing. But anyway, going back to it, I had to share that because that's that thought that just really struck me as odd. But the power of our words is, is, is so noticeable. And Jesus says, hey, you know, I got one for you. By your words, you're going to be justified. By your words, you're going to be condemned. So my question to pose is why? That's so forceful and brutal. And the answer is in Matthew chapter 15. Matthew, you guys like that one, huh? I like that. I can tell below. I like that. Matthew chapter 15 Here's the reason. Verse 18, Matthew 15, 18 says this. But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And the reason that Jesus said, by your words you will be justified and by your words you'll be condemned is because your words reveal what's in your heart. And you will know, you can listen to other people and know by their speech. And I'm not even talking about coarse language. I'm not talking about swearing. I'm not even talking about any of that. I'm not even necessarily talking about negative speech. I'm talking about you will know a person's heart by what they say. The David Spoon Experience. Like any person searching for answers, I too have wondered about him. He has a weird sense of humor. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. Those big ears really don't help. Will people enjoy his perspective on culture, politics, food, sports, and local and national news? I don't know. He's just a client. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience on KAAM. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. couple of clarifications that will really help people. Number one, Feeling Groovy was actually a song done by Simon and Garfunkel. Made a mistake there, so just correcting that. And then I love what Gary said because I just went through and did a quick study. He's right. In the King James, it says, The Lord is anointed to preach good tidings to the meek. There's about seven other versions that say to the poor, but the New American Standard says to the humble. And to the later uh, translation on the New American Standard says to the afflicted. So there's there's all of those that would go into play in that. So I just want to give Gary his props. It's 100% correct. Okay? That's number two. Number three, here's your next trivia question. 
Oh, yeah, you thought this was all going to be fun and gloriously easy, right? <laughs> Dave's preaching on sin. What a nice guy. <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, according to Peter in Acts chapter 2, what will happen to the sun? What will happen to the sun? According to Peter in Acts chapter 2, what will happen to the sun? If you think you know the answer, you can. Uh, sun, S-U-N. Sun, as in S-U-N, as in shiny thing uh, in the sky. Uh, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david, at he must increase dot org. Okay? All right. I uh, will tell you that Abraham got the uh, pow pow on that one. That's pretty good. Uh, let's. Uh, I don't. I'm, I want to get back into this text. I don't want you to miss the flow that takes place here. One of the things I want you to understand is that I understand that nobody likes to talk about sin. I mean, the majority of, of preachers either just talk about sin and just fireball it to death, or whatever the case may be. I get it. Okay. But there's a reality check that sometimes we engage in the littlest things that are sinful and we don't seem to give them as much uh, effort or time or whatever the case may be. And we need to be aware that if we're doing something, anything that's contrary to what the Lord wants us to be doing, it should be something that we're approaching and engaging with God in, recognizing that that we need his help to overcome all these things. But, but in saying all that— we also have to be aware that the enemy is no dummy, and he uses a strategy against us called fake guilt. <laughs> what? Yeah, you'll see that in just a split second. But I want you to understand something about the difference that I'm using. I'm not trying to belittle or make these sins little. I'm trying to just differentiate between the largest ones we struggle with, the largest one we struggle with, which is our besetting sin, and the other sins. And just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, when King David killed Goliath, before he killed Goliath, he said this to, to Saul, who was the king. He says, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it. I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair. I struck it and I killed it. David's ability to overcome some of the prior obstacles and engaged him in a greater confidence and faith to overcome the biggest obstacle, which was Goliath, which is like, wow. And so there's a lot of preachers and teachers that have made correlations between Goliath being like our besetting sin and then the bear and the lion being like the other sins that we struggle with, but sometimes we don't give them you know, too much space. I got a message for you. If you've got something in your life that's stripping away the kingdom of God, you have to kill it. And I'm not kidding. You have to grab it by the throat and kill it, or it will reduce you. That's the goal that sin has, to consume the energy that people feed it. So I want you to listen to this text and follow along with something else, I'll tell you. James chapter 1, verse 13 through 15. When someone is tempted, he should not say that God is tempting him. God cannot be tempted by evil and doesn't tempt anyone. Listen to this. Verse 14. Everyone is tempted by his own desire. This is out of the 
God's Word translation. Everyone is tempted by his own desire as they lure him away and trap him. Then desire, one of the best theologies right here, when desire becomes pregnant and gives birth to sin, then sin grows up and gives birth to death. It's like, wow, wait, wait, wait. And I know that your other translations say it differently. Just bear with me. You'll, you'll get this, okay? Sin comes about when a person is tempted by their own desires inside. Are those good desires? No. <laughs> those are bad desires. The bad desires you have in the old you. You know, when you do something, you go back to some former behavior or something like that. Have you ever noticed it's just as bad as it's ever been? It's not any better. Like the old neighborhood's just as bad. Guess what? It is just as bad. It's not any better. And so when we are lured away, we're tempted when our bad desires are luring us. And then they trap us. Like, oh, now I'm stuck. Verse 15, the desire becomes pregnant. In other words, the desire gives birth. Or, it, you know, it, I'm sorry, it, it, it gets, uh, not gives birth, but it's, it's, uh, it's seeded. In other words, it gives life to it. It gives it its, its conception. So desire be, conceives or becomes pregnant, and then it gives birth to sin. So yeah, I'm going to explain something to you that's going to blow your mind. When sin grows up, it gives birth to death. The key component here is that our desire gets lured away, we get enticed, we respond to it, and then that gives birth to something. And when that continuation takes place, it gives us all the way to this point of death. A great example is a guy looking at a girl. You're thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. you're going to be very specific here. Yep. Why not? So a guy looks at a girl. Now, I'm using this as an example. This is not the only example I could use girls looking at a guy. It doesn't matter. Guy looks at a girl and thinks she's pretty, right? Okay, not much of a problem. Nothing wrong with saying she's pretty. She's pretty, and I want to be with her in a way that I shouldn't want to be with her. Now we've moved from desire into the birthing process or the pregnant process, the impregnating process of sin. You see, to say she's pretty is not the sin. To say she's pretty and now I want to do something with her, that's sin. Now you're moving into sin. And then I not only want to do something with her, but I just want to, and then you just keep it going and going and going all the way until it kills you. You see, the first thought or the temptation is what's not being identified by people, and that's why I want to talk about it and identify it just for kind of a split second. When you're tempted, that is not your sin. How you respond to that temptation, that is the sin. Another, I'll say what Oral Roberts said, and he's the one who said it. You can't stop birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. Do you understand that? That is the most important thing. The end of sin's progression is death. But listen, when things fly over your head, you can't stop that. You can't go up in the sky and say, birds, stop. Everybody stop. Everybody stop flying over my head. You can't do that. That's what temptation is. But 
just because they're flying over your head doesn't mean you have to leave your head exposed so they can make a nest in your hair and live on top of your head. Here's the key. To be tempted, and I'm not just talking about sex, we're talking about a bazillion things. To be tempted is not the sin. To move forward in the temptation is. What is it that Jesus said in the garden when he told them to be praying for them? He said, pray that you do not enter temptation. Because it's at that moment that the self the man that's rebellious against God, the woman that's defiant and eats the fruit, comes forward. So to be tempted is not the same as to sin, but to respond favorably to the temptation, that's a sin. So when you get a te- now listen, don't kid me. You think, oh, that, that's just sexual. No, it's not. It's every it's every moment. And you know this. Watch this. Oh, they overpaid you at the at the restaurant, or they overgave you too much change back, and you're going to walk out with that money. And the moment that one moment that the little voice, squeaky voice, goes, ah, they make enough. <laughs> the restaurant makes enough, and you don't do something about it. You just gave in to the temptation. That. The restaurant doesn't make enough, or they make enough. That's that's the temptation. In other words, let me let me rephrase it. You get a bill, and it's uh, it's favorable to you, and you know it's wrong, and you just go, "Good, well, they deserve it." You were tempted. How'd that go? You responded by doing the wrong thing. No, no, Dave. I that's ridiculous. I get no, it's not, and it sticks in your craw, and you know it does. Anything like that. And it can be money. It can be sex. It can be anything. You know what? It can be drinking wine. You drink wine. A glass of wine. Two glasses of wine. Well, I've already had two. I'll have three. Okay. Three glasses of wine. Three glasses of wine in so many hours. Okay, that's fine. But now you're at 12. <laughs> you see? You see? You see how that moves? It's like, and the what's the thought that happens? What's one more? That's the thought. That's the temptation. What's one more? Well, one more is the sin. That's where it is. And yes, it happens in your mind. For those people who go, well, the devil can't read your mind. Show me. <laughs> Just scripture and verse. Well, he's not omniscient, but you can't read your mind. What do you tell you? He's been tempting people for ages. He put he put his temptation, his motivation inside Judas's heart. What are you talking about? That's why you have to have your thoughts pure. That's why you have to have your mind focused on righteous things and on good things. It's like, I know some people listening to this going, I don't want to hear this. Too bad. Everybody needs this. I need this. You need this. We need to recognize the difference between temptation and sin and not choose to support the temptation. So it doesn't become sin. Because when it becomes sin... It cuts the kingdom out of us. Get that? It's like, what? That's why James goes over this progression so you can see what happens. So that when it happens early, you can go, shut that bad boy down. Shut it down. According to Peter in Acts chapter 2, what will happen to the sun? According to Peter in Acts chapter 2, it will be turned into darkness that is what will happen to the sun, according to Peter 
chapter in chapter two of Acts. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Since the dawn of the internet, people have been looking for a website they can be proud of without costing an arm or a leg. People want a quality website to promote their ministry, business, hobby, or passion. Introducing Cowpunch Sites. Cowpunch Sites can help you create and maintain a quality website. From design to security, Cowpunch does it all. Cowpunch is a family-owned and operated business, taking a fresh approach to business. Lots of clients at lower prices. Make mom happy. The most significant benefit of working with Cowpunch Sites is that you work with real people, not cheesy templates. No outsourcing. It's $57 a month, and there's no setup fee and no cancellation fees. When you go to cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's me. Oh, did I mention that it's $57 a month? Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull. Um, Dave, this is a nice radio station. Oops, sorry. That's Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull-oney. There, that's better. Cowpunchsites.com slash dad. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770. The truth station here in Texas, where Dave's teaching nothing but cheery things all the time. <laughs> Is that a good one? That's pretty funny. Uh, okay, here's your next trivia question. What was placed on the lips of Isaiah because he had unclean lips? What was placed on his lips because he had unclean lips? 
If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email to david at he must increase. Dot org. So at this point, we're going to send you up to the website. Please don't forget that there are praise reports as well as prayer requests on the website, as well as there is a place to give, and that's a good thing. If you can do it, please check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemosincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemosincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. See, now that's Donald Duck when he dove in the water. That's all I'm saying. That's that's it. All right. All right, so you guys know I've been – It's a little. I don't know. It's a little more fiery than most of the times we do on the Fridays. That's the way it goes. Uh, the question is what – the trivia question, what was placed on Isaiah's lips because he had unclean mm-hmm. lips? If you think you know the answer, you can reach out to us. We'd love to have you do that. Uh, in the meantime, I want to say two things. Eric uh, had a wonderful testimony, and it's in my hands, but I'm going to wait to share it. The testimony had to do with – listening to a replay and having the replay minister to him at a very specific time. So next week we're going to discuss that. And it's not like uh, Jennifer came up with it, I came up with it, Dee came up with it, any of us came up with it. It's just that the Lord does things without telling people and coordinates things and brings strings together. And that's awesome. So he has a great testimony where he listened to a replay and it was something that he was uh, working on and was really helpful for him. And it just shows you that God doesn't he doesn't he doesn't sit there and ask, Well, Dave, what do you think? Well, you know, Dynamite D, what do you think? Well, what do you think? So God does what God does because he's God. And you can trust him for that. And then the last thing I want to say before we uh, go into the history is when you hear messages like this, which are a little harder, there's no there's no lack of grace. There's no lack of mercy. I'm trying to give you some practical things dealing with these sins that seem a little bit under the current but are just as bad and telling you how to shut them down before they get to be too big, before the sin develops, before the temptation develops into sin and the sin becomes death. You want to kill it at the temptation part, right? Okay. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to do our history so let's do history let's go let's make in the past let's go let's in the past all right today is international bagpipe day interesting <laughs> see all i can think of is the movie so i married an axe murderer and then the old man's playing the pipes and i just it's, it's just a movie reference i can't do anything <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I know. That's interesting, too. Uh, International Find a a Payphone Booth Day. Wow. Only a few of those still in existence. I don't know. There's not many, right? They're just like, that's why Superman doesn't have the same flair. Because it's like, there's there's nowhere to change for Clark Kent. Good point. All right. Uh, Let's see. Uh, We'll just do this last week. 1999 on this day, Happy Face Crater, the Martian Crater Gala, is photographed by Viking Orbiter. It's called the Happy Face Crater because it resembles a smiley face. That's hilarious. It was named after the astronomer Johann Gottfried Gehle and is about 134 miles across. 
<laughs> I find that to be fabulous. That's just really, I think, uh, pretty cool stuff. Okay, that is that. Do we have somebody ready to answer the trivia question? Wait, they're on the phone. They might be asking a question, so I want to give space to uh, D to figure that out. Okay? I just happy face crater. There you go. I discovered 23, so 24 years ago today. That is interesting stuff. Uh, next week, we're going to be introducing another new segment, and I hope it's a blessing for you. I'm looking forward to sharing it with you once more on the trivia question to make sure you know what we're doing. We do have somebody who's ready to answer it, but I just want to say what was placed on the lips of Isaiah, the prophet, because his lips were unclean. We do have somebody calling in. Let's send him on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello? 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 Hi, this is Hello? David. <laughs> Sorry. Hi, David. This is Ken. Hi, Ken. How are you? I'm wonderful. It's a beautiful day today, isn't it? It is an absolutely stellar day. Just absolutely beautiful out today, especially compared to the last couple of weeks. So, yes, sir. I'm going to get you on that one. Uh, yep, standing in, the sun, standing in the water looking at the sun. Oh, how nice. <laughs> Good yeah. for you. All right. What yeah. what was put on the lips of the prophet Isaiah because he had unclean lips? That would be a hot coal. That is correct, Amanda! That is correct. It's so amazing. It's like, yep, got to clean that up first. And it's like... Well, that's exactly right. It reminded me of getting my mouth washed out with soap as a child. So I'm like, well, well that Isaiah had it a little bit rougher. Yes, sir. And that's funny because I had that. I went through that, and that's why so many people went through no. that. It's like that, no, that's why this you. this generation was uh, the the current generation a little softer than we were, weren't they? <laughs> well, you know, you, you just, I don't even know what to say. I, I don't even know. I just know a couple of people in this generation. The rest of them, I try to hide from them. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's a great line. <laughs> good job, brother. Very, very good. Excellent job on the trip. Very good job. All right. Thank you. Good right. to talk to you. Take right. care. God bless. All right. Excellent work. All right. So, <laughs> you know, the show's almost over, so just hang in there because I'm so far behind. Just, just, I've been behind 20 minutes and I'm still behind like the entire 20 minutes. All right. Let me get into this real fast. I just want you to catch this. All right. So, Dave, that's great. We got these besetting sins. That's great, Dave. What do we, what do we do? What do we do that helps us overcome the besetting sin? Like, how do you stop falling into sin's progression? Right? That's how do you stop falling into sin's progression? You're gonna hate this answer. <laughs> this is, a, is that a nice way to say it? You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna go, I can't believe that's the answer. Here's the answer. Ready? All right. Here we go. Romans six. If we died with Christ, we believe we'll also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's Romans chapter 6, verse 10 and 11, and 11 specifically. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, here we go. 
do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. So what is the first big takeaway on how you stop falling into sin's progression and how you stop letting temptation move you from point A to point B? There are just a couple things to listen to, but listen to these two big things. One, count it this way. In other words, you are dead to sin and alive to God. That is a biblical truth. Watch this. And number two, verse 12, don't let it happen. In other words, you're going to hate this. Make the decision when temptation happens to shut it down. Don't tell me, it got the best of me, Dave. I understand. But you have the authority and the power in Jesus Christ. You are dead to sin and alive to God. So when you give in to sin, it's you giving in nothing else. There's there's nothing else. You have the power through Jesus Christ to not give in. But you have to make the decision. You're thinking, wait, wait, no, not wait, wait. Listen to Joshua 24, 14. Fear the Lord, serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors that your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates. If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors, who, who your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or the God of the Ammonites and land who you are living. But for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You make a decision. And when the temptation comes, you go, I owe you nothing. You don't, you're not in debt to sin. You don't owe sin anything. So when sin throws out the little, ooh, looky here, looky here, you just go, no. She's a pretty girl. And no, and no, and anything. She's a pretty girl. Next. It's like, you see what happens is we engage. Well, when you get to temptation and the temptation, you know it's moved from regular your thought to, whoa, that's getting kind of dark. Shut it down. You have the power. You think, oh, it can't be that easy. See, that's what Jesus did. He gave you the power through his blood and on the cross and on the resurrection to shut it down. Gosh, if Adam and Eve have shut it down, right? Listen, you are not indebted to sin. You are not indebted to fall into temptation. But if you are tempted, you've not sinned. But if you entertain the temptation and let it make a living in your life, it has become death. And you sinned. Don't do that. You don't have to do that. You make a decision to do that. I'll give you what I think is the best last key when we come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? 
She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. Now <laughs> you think three words. Come on, Dave. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher, or it doesn't matter if your translation says master, rabbi, it doesn't care. She said, Mary. She, she responded, master, Lord. You see, the resurrected Jesus Christ speaks the name of his sheep. And Jesus knows your name. My sheep, Jesus said, know my voice. And they hear me. And you were going along in your journey. Maybe you were young and you were in church. Maybe you were young and somebody brought it to you. Maybe you were in middle, the middle part of your life. Maybe in the later part of your life. But at some point... Jesus said your name. He said, David, Tierra, Tiffany, Noel, Joshua, Ashley. At some point, he called your name. The risen Messiah spoke your name to you. You know what? That's when you said, yes, Lord. Yes, Master. Yes, Rabboni. It's the most powerful moment because it's the moment that the divine Messiah speaks to you and pulls you from one kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, into another kingdom, the kingdom of light. It is the moment that changed everything. And uh, Billy Graham had a really good piece on it. Said Some people can really define that moment. Some people can't. Doesn't matter. It happened for those that, well, it's kind of like a metamorphosis, but it happened. And in the economy of God, it happens more specifically. And maybe the person doesn't know the date. I know my date, but maybe the person doesn't know the date that he said yes to Jesus. But there was a moment where Jesus called your name and you said yes. And that was the beginning of your understanding of his depth of love. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Wow. Here is your final trivia question. What is the first word in the Bible? There you go. What is the first word in the Bible? So I guess you'd be starting at Genesis. Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. As well, you can send an email. Or I'm sorry. You can also text 214-210-8483 or send an email, David at he must increase.org. What is the first word in the Bible? Okay. Let's, uh, I just want to fire into this text 
and then I want to pray for our audience. What do you think? We're going to do a little different. It's like you're thinking, why? Because I know there's some people out there that are having a hard time and that when temptation comes, it's getting the best of you. So what we're going to do, we're going to have somebody answer this trivia question. I'm going to give you this one other text, and we're going to pray and minister to one another and bless one another and encourage one another because you guys know there's forgiveness and grace and mercy. You know there's a cleansing. You know there's a washing. But some of you need to, to, to be aware that when temptation comes, you can say no. And if you don't, it's not like, oh, it's all over. Nothing will ever happen again. Wrong. Jesus will never walk away from you. So let's take care of the trivia question or the trivia question. We'll send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Um, hi, David. This is Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Great to hear your voice. Hi. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. First word in the Bible. Um, in. Correct, Amanda! Excellent job. Thank you. Thank you very much. In is the first word in the Bible. In the beginning. Excellent work, All right, well, Have a good weekend. All right. You too. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. In. Vidal got the pow-pow on that. So Joanne and Cordelia had a couple of pow-pows. Vidal got a couple pow-pows. There's a lot of pow-pows in this. It's good. Uh, let me read this text, and we want to minister to one another. And you'll understand in a second. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Therefore, 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 is always a conclusion. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, referring to Hebrews 11, like we said, let us throw off every encumbrance and sin that easily entangles, and let us run with endurance the race set out before us. Let us... Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So one of the things that the scripture tries to encourage us in or direct us in, so to speak, might be a, a better way to understand that, is that the Lord wants us to be aware that there's this heroes of faith cloud of witness and that we can lay aside the sin, implying that is, now watch this, within our God-given ability to do so. And the key to everything is looking unto Jesus. So wrap this in a nice bubble and watch this. We're told to lay aside our sin. Throw off every and sin that so easily takes. Lay it aside. So some translations throw it off, get rid of whatever it is. All of that is the same thing. It's saying we can do that. We have that power. We have the ability not to give in. The key to everything, of course, is verse two in Hebrews uh, twelve. The first part of it where it says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. If you're thinking about the Lord a little bit more often, you'll have a little bit less opportunity to be loaded at with temptation. But here's the thing. You can find a freshness in the Lord just by turning your heart to the Lord and asking him to forgive you and to help you and to encourage you. And there's a few people out there. I'm not. It's not like I have anybody's name in mind or anything like that. But I know there's a few people out there. You get to the temptation part, and it sneaks right by you, and you fall into it. 
You don't owe sin anything. What you need is the help from the Lord to stand against sin. You don't need somebody just slapping you on the face. You need the Lord standing behind you and strengthening you. That's what you need. You need Jesus to help. And the scripture says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, all the yuck. So let's pray that right now. Father, we come before you right now, myself included, probably more than anybody who's listening to me. We confess all of our sin before you. We acknowledge everything we fall short in, deny nothing. We surrender everything. And what we believe in and trust in is your grace and your mercy. And for those people, myself included, where temptation comes, give us a greater insight and wisdom to recognize when it's temptation and to shut it down so that the enemy cannot take advantage of us and sin cannot gain in our lives. Help us to be aware by counting ourselves dead to sin and alive to you, Lord. All of this was provided through the redemption of our Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest gift we've ever received. Thank you for this and for your healing and grace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas, taking a 70 and one-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.